This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, so if you will, if you free march your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, but we are ministering to the married, and so we'll title this message, Ministry to the Married, and my subtopic for my portion is qualities of a good marriage, or qualities of a godly marriage, let me put it that way, because a godly marriage is a good marriage. Uh, and you'll understand the more we get into this, but make sure you remember, churches are made up of families. Strong families make for a strong church. When churches are strong, communities are strong. When communities are strong, states become strong. States are strong, the nation becomes strong. Okay? And I want to emphasize this. You may not have control of the nation, but you do have control of your family. And so marriages are critical. Okay? And so, it's, so I know we spent the last uh, several weeks, months, ministering to those who are not married. But when we minister to the married, it's a different ministry. Different, and ministering to the married is different than ministering to the unmarried. You know, it's, it's, you, know you, you start thinking about things like when you mention married to those who are not married, there's it's like a, a little glimmer in some people's eyes, and a little smile comes to their face. You mention marriage to those who have been married a taste. It's like, well, do you get anything? And, you know, that's, that's what you get. Well, it's a totally different ministry because the mindsets are different. And, and, I, I wanna, and I'm going to spend a little time, just a very short amount of time talking to you that are unmarried. And understand this, you know, all marriages are not the same. Okay. Uh, some people have outstanding marriages in their mind. Other people have marriages that, you know, it is what it is. And some people are just coasting along. Others are... They're just different marriages out there. They're not all the same. But as we go forward, I want to show you, I want to give you what you need that you should be able to have a godly marriage. You should be able to have a good marriage. Okay? Now, for those of you who are unmarried, here, here's why the ministry to the married is different than the ministry to the unmarried. The unmarried have a choice to make, they haven't made a choice, they have a choice to make. And when you make the choice to be married, that is a life defining decision. It will change the rest of your life. Your life will never be the same. Now, now listen to this because and this is why I'm, I'm talking just for a, a, a smidgen to those that are unmarried, at least directly to those that are unmarried. God is always speaking to you. Uh, but if you're sitting there, and let's say that right now you're unmarried, but you were married before, I believe you could be a witness that even though that marriage is no longer in effect, the impact of that marriage is still being felt. The influence of that decision that you made, even though that marriage is no longer in effect, is still impacting your life. It still left a mark on your life that even if you wanted to get rid of and might desire to get rid of, you can't get rid of. And so the unmarried have a choice to make. 
And marriage is supposed to be for a lifetime. That's why separation is hard. Okay? That's why divorce is hard. It's not an easy thing. Okay? Because you made a life-defining decision. And as we get into it, you'll see why it's, 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 I mean, it's critical. Okay? And so when you make the decision to get married, it's supposed to be for a lifetime, your choice needs to be solid. And, and so, once you have gotten to the place that you've made a choice, you said my choice is solid, now you need to make the marriage solid. Okay. And so, when someone hasn't made the choice yet, we just want to make sure that you're a good chooser. That, that, that's, that's the main point. We just want to make sure that you're a good chooser because we know that this is a life-defining decision that you are going to make and it is going to impact the rest of your life. But now, we have those that are already married. They've already made their choice. Okay. And so whether the choice, I'm, I'm going to go here, whether the choice is good or bad, the choice has been made. So you've made the choice, and when you made the choice, it came with a vow. And now you are responsible to be true to the vow that you made. It's your responsibility now. Because now I'm ministering, now I'm shifting from the unmarried, and I'll talk to the married. So you're married now. I is married now. Okay? And... and you might have found out that in this, it's not necessarily what I signed up for, but it is. And you made a vow before God. And you said, I do. <laughs> okay, and so now, before God, and you made sure it was before God. And you said, I do, and you may have had some who objected. And you said, I don't care about the objection, I do. God, I'm telling you that I do. So now you have a responsibility to be true to that vow that you made before God. One of the things that comes into my mind whenever I think about uh, premarital counseling is how people will often spend more time looking for a house than deciding on a mate. And so once you get into marriage, I want you to understand this. Marriage is not like buying a house. It's not like a mortgage. There is no refinancing. You know, it costs me how much? Well, I can't afford to pay that now, so let me refinance so I can lower the cost. No. There's no refinancing. You know, you get in the house and find out you don't like the house and, and say, you know what, now I need to make a trade and I, I need to sell this house so I can go get downsize or upsize to get what I want. There's nothing like that. This is a different transaction. All together. You know, now there's no conviction with moving out of a house. There's no conviction with selling a house. Oh, but I'm telling you, the damage to your soul if you were to rip apart a marriage. God knows what he's doing. So here's the thing about it. This is regardless of whether or not you married in the Lord. See, now you understand. It's different ministering to the married than to the unmarried. 
Because you are married now. And you may have learned some things since the time you got married. That doesn't change the vow. I wish, well, no, no, in all honesty, you need to get that wish out your mind. Because you made a vow. You said, I'm in it. You said, I do. Against all objections, you said, I do. And here's the thing about it. God had respect to your vow. And he still does. But God, I didn't know. He said, but you made a vow before me. And you can't go back in time. It's not like a mortgage. No refinancing. You can't go back in time. You're in it now. So, you're responsible to be true to the vow that you've made. Again, there's no starter wife. There's no starter husband. (laughs) You know, you married your retirement wife. (laughs) You married your retirement husband. (laughs) You know, again, you see where I'm trying to equate it. You know, we have this mentality about marriage as though we can get in and out of it like we do our houses. And, you know, for right now, it'll be okay. And later on, you know, here's my prenuptial agreement because, you know, eventually I might want to get out. No. No. And no. And so this is regardless of whether or not you married in the Lord. This is regardless of how you came to the decision you came to. In other words, it doesn't matter how you ended up in the marriage. You made a vow. Before the one true God. And so here's my audience. I want you to know who my audience is. The audience is the believer who is currently in marriage. Simple as that. That's who we're focusing these teachings to. Focusing it to the believer who's currently in marriage. Whether or not you are married to someone who's a believer with you or not. Whether or not you're married to someone who's committed to the things of God or not. Hmm. Who's the audience? Again, I want to emphasize this. You're a believer and you're married talking about you talking to you okay so you're a believer you're married and let's say you think that you're unequally yoked you're still the audience still talking about you oh this to me, this is amazing because God does, and we'll get to it, but God has respect for marriage. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now, there's one scripture I want to get to, but I want to read into it. So let's start at verse 18. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become Oh, actually, let's start at verse 17. Excuse me. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. Now, I like that because you might be in a situation you wish you could get out of. And in the midst of this situation, God got your attention. And God was able to get your attention in spite of the situation. 
So don't try to get out of the situation because God is still God. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk and so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being, un, being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called it uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. So do you hear God saying that you're in this condition? Don't desire to be in a different position. God was God to you where you are right now. Verse 20. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. Again, he doesn't say escape. <laughs> Since the opportunity arises, well then, look for the opportunity and take it if you are in a unadvantaged situation. Verse 22. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. So regardless of where you are, you know, you belong to him. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Again, if you are familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you know he's talking about marriage. You know, that, that's what leads him into this topic, right? So, so here you are, you are married. Oh, I didn't marry in the Lord. Let me get out of this marriage. No. Did God call you while you were married to this individual? God's not calling you out of the marriage. Verse 25. Now concerning virgins. For us, that would be the unmarried. But now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet... I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. It's good for a man not to be married. It's all right to not be married. Verse 27. But are you bound into a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. You get that terminology? He says, he's not talking about the unmarried. He's talking about, well, you were married, and now you're not married. Don't look to jump back in marriage. God was able to deal with you where you are right now, not being married. What's wrong with that? Verse 28. And this is the verse I want to get to. Because it's an interesting verse. It says, but and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless... Such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. Now, now that's an interesting verse. Again, I'm telling you, ministering to the unmarried is different than ministering to the married. Because the unmarried don't read this. Can I get an amen on, on internet ways? Unmarried don't read this. They read all the other scriptures. When a man findeth a wife, he findeth a good thing. They were void about the trouble. Uh, so they miss that altogether. But let a married couple be married for a little bit and it not be on top of the world. Then suddenly this becomes revelation to them, they think. Oh, trouble. Now I want you to understand this. Because sometimes we can get caught up. You know, misery does love company. 
It really does. I don't want to be miserable alone. Let me be miserable with somebody else. And they start complaining. They, they get together and they start talking about how all marriages are like this. And that's not the case. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> all marriages are like this. And, and so we have to understand what this means when it talks about trouble. Listen, marriage is God's institution. Think about that now. This is God's institution. And God did not establish an institution for your trouble. He did not. At least as we tend to think of trouble. We think of trouble as being in distress. Being afflicted. In tribulation. And so you get some people with that kind of attitude. This is why I want to make sure you understand all marriages are not the same. You, you know what differentiates one marriage from another? The work that's put in. The qualities that are employed. The faithfulness to an individual's vow. That's the difference. So don't go around getting misled because someone's not doing the things that they're supposed to do in marriage, making you think, my marriage is going to end up like that, and putting you in that wrong attitude. They call that self-fulfilling prophecies. And then you read the scripture, oh, see, that's it, right? They got, the devil got in your head. So it's not that kind of trouble. Keep your ribbon here in 1 Corinthians 7. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Yeah, I told you that, right? Now, we understand that when God made, God said, God saw, and it was good. God said, God saw. You know why it goes, God said, God saw? Because when he said it, it came to pass. And when he spoke it into being, and he looked over it and examined it, he said, good. Because that which God institutes is good. And so he gets to this point where he has, and now we understand, again, this is a, a well-taught ministry. Very well-taught ministry. You should thank God for that. Putting you in a place where, you can, where God gets you to rightly divide the word of truth. So we understand that when God created male and female, he first put Adam on the spot. And he put Adam in the garden. And then he started to teach Adam. And so when God had created all of his creation, saw that it was good, he gets to Adam and sees Adam alone and says in verse 18, And the Lord God said, It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make and help meet for him. And we know that this is where marriage comes out of. So he said that not good was a man being alone. And so to make it good, he instituted So now we have a conflict. This is why we have to rightly divide the word of truth. We've got Paul over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 trying to say, I'm trying to spare you from trouble. And we got God saying, yeah, but when I institute a thing, it's good. So he's not talking about affliction. He's not talking about distress. He's not talking about putting you in tribulation. You know, you, you, you get around people, oh yeah, my old lady. My old man. You know, well, you got the wrong revelation, my brother, my sister. <laughs> I'm sorry. Something's wrong here. That's not God's institution. If it is, you're the wrong person in the institution. 
But turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So let us make sure it's established. Marriage is good. <laughs> marriage is not bad. Marriage ain't your... You know, people have bachelor parties. And say, oh, it's over now, my brother. No. No, life is just getting started. You see, because I, I made a wise choice. My choice is solid. You know, I, I, I didn't choose someone who just went to church. I chose someone who walks with the living God. Someone I can trust. Someone who hears from God. Someone who has the qualities of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he does say here, I'm trying to spare you in verse 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But and if you marry, you haven't sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. So what then is meant by trouble? Marriage is a God-ordained covenant. Here it is. That comes with its own sets of challenges that are unique to the marriage. <laughs> you, have, you have enlisted for wartime. <laughs> there are special challenges in marriage. And you said, I do. I want to go through these challenges with this person. I love them more than the challenge that we will face. But there are challenges that are unique to them that are married. That those that are not married don't have to be challenged with. Just a set of challenges. That's all. And you know what? As a person who lives and breathes and walks this earth, there will be challenges. But marriage has its own sets of challenges that are different than those who are not married. There are going to be considerations that you do not have to concern yourself with when you are not married. But when you're married, it's in the cup. It's in the cup. This is why when people say, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Well, no, you should have known. You know, here's the thing about it, people. This is me, and this is my mindset. I get it from Scripture, and I won't go there now because I'm trying to stay with my notes because time will get away from us. But if you're going to go through, and you know you're going to go through, do it with a smile. Do it in style. Do it looking good. <laughs> you know, if we're going to have, cause we're going to have challenges, well, we're going to do good in these challenges. When someone wants to complain, oh, here we go. Like, you know what? But we're made for this. We signed up for this. We're going to make it. We're going to get through this. So here are examples of trouble. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 7 to 28. Here are the examples of trouble. Now, now for me, for instance. So I'm at home. Uh, thankfully, thankfully enough, I work. Thank God for jobs. Uh, I have a wife. Thank God for wives. And my wife doesn't, she's not in the workforce. But I work. And I have children. Thank God for children. But you know what? Here's a consideration that we all have. We all have bills. At least in America. You know, I, this is all I know. So we have bills in America. So we're going to have the consideration of bills. But when I'm married... And I'm the only one at home, and I get mad at my boss. 
I'm the only one at home working. I get mad at my boss. I got a consideration. Before I say enough of this and throw a badge at him. Because, you know, it's one thing if I'm at home alone and no one else is there with me. You know, I, I can stand some air sandwiches for a little bit. But for me to walk away from my job, so there's some consideration. See, you don't even understand. See, those who are not married don't even understand. There's some things we got to put up with because we said, I do. And if we had said, well, you know, I don't want to say I do right now. I can do whatever. I can walk away from the job. I can look for something different. I, I, I can go into new ventures. But I can't do that. Oh, my goodness. I can't do that. Even though some of us do. I can't do that when I'm married. Because I've got responsibilities that I made a vow before God that I would keep. But, you know, when you say something like that to the unmarried, you're trying to keep me from marriage. Paul said, I'm trying to spare you. See, because I know who I'm dealing with. See, because marriage belongs to those that are mature. And I don't want you being married when you're not mature. And, and here I'm ministering to you. You're a believer and you're married. And you may have been married and made a decision to be married when you were immature. It's time to grow up. Example of trouble. <laughs> Amen. You know, when you have a good day and you're unmarried, the day is good. But when you're married, it's very possible good days don't match up. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it, it, hey, this, this is, it's in the cup, people. It, it's in the cup. And so you're, you're, up for, you're frustrated because I was having a good day. And now it's not so good because your day wasn't good. But you said, I do. Trouble. Huh? Same thing here. Right? Now, again, let's let's not even talk about jobs and and let's have health care. Let's have insurance. You know, and, and let's just look at the bill for those who are single and cover versus family and cover. Just just the bill, just to pay for insurance, right? That's that's one thing, right? But we all we all have the consideration of we need insurance. We, we, we need to have our health taken care of. So, so here it is. You're doing well. You're taking care of yourself. You've done everything you can do. And your body just seems to cooperate. But now your spouse, who seems to be doing what they can, suddenly they come across a medical condition. And guess whose pocketbook it hits? Not only the pocketbook, now there's special considerations that come in. Now you're having to do things that you wouldn't have to do. See, that's, that's, that's what it's meant by trouble. See, it's not tribulation. It's not affliction. It's just a consideration that you wouldn't have to have if you didn't say, I do. But you said, I do. And I'm not mad at you. God's not mad at you. These are just considerations. Well, here's the big trouble. At times, your spouse will not live up to your perfect expectations. Uh, you hear me? No, y'all don't hear me. The unmarried don't understand this at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being politically correct right here. You know, my, my, my spouse just won't get it together. I told them I don't know how many times. And they still do the same thing they've been doing. 
And it irritates. See, that's an irritation you wouldn't have to have if you were not married. But you said, I do. See, that's trouble. That's trouble. See, people don't, unmarried don't understand the married. Like, man, you know, what is it? You know, trouble. <laughs> That's what it is. You know, it's not even about me anymore. It's about me and my spouse. My day was good until. <laughs> wow. Here's a big consideration. Let's say you have children. And don't agree with how to discipline them. And you go to the same church. In fact, you got married going to the church. Both of you. And then don't even agree on necessarily how to discipline children. It's real. (laughs) And again, I cannot emphasize to you enough, those of you who don't know, trouble. Trouble. You're not tribulation, but there's some things you got to work out. Considerations you wouldn't have to have if you didn't say, I do. Oh, don't add marrying somebody who already has children in their household. I want to make sure that you have the proper mind here. I'm not saying you're going to be in distress because of it. I'm just saying there are considerations that come with it. That you wouldn't have to concern yourself with if you were not married. But you is married now. And when you sign up for marriage, there are considerations that come with the marriage. And you said, I am so convinced that this is the one. I don't care what the considerations are. We'll work it out. And again, this is not evil. It's not wrong to marry somebody who already has children. It's not the, it's not, I'm just making sure you are aware of what it means by trouble. Amen. And this is a good one. Then there are troubles. I try to explain to people, right? It's like, even when they join church, when people join the church, and I try to explain to them, like, here's the thing. The best way I can think of it is, have you ever had a friend? And then you and your friend decide to move in together. And you know, it's a, not as cool as it was <laughs> when you are friends not under the same roof. But then when you get in the same roof, you know, there's just, okay, I didn't, well, you find out some stuff. It's just when you get people together. But not, in marriage, we're not just talking about people, we're talking about man and woman. And let me tell you, males and females are different. Can I get an amen? They're different. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm sorry. Let, let me make sure I say this. Did I say not just? See, because in this day and time, we've got people who are confused about male and female and gender identification. Let me tell you, if you were born, that's who you are. So I'm not saying outside of, physically there is a difference, and that difference counts. Thank God for the differences, not just physically, but there are differences also beyond the physical. We just wire differently. We just think differently. We approach problems differently. We have different outlooks 
And, and let me tell you this. Let me make sure you understand. Thank God for the differences. And I don't just mean physically. You know, sometimes... Listen, the men of integrity, we haven't, of course, in this pandemic, we haven't gone out and been able to fellowship out of town. But it's good for the brothers to fellowship out of town. But there's a limit. Brothers can only stand being around brothers only for so long. Married or unmarried. See, because there's a different spice that comes in when a woman gets in the mix. And it's enjoyable. It's not just, we, sometimes males like female companionship, and it ain't sexual. It ain't even romantic. I just like to have that wiring in the mist. Make stuff just work that much better. But we're different. And when you get differences together in a confined setting, there's going to be conflicts. <laughs> it just goes with the covenant. Just different. There are just some things you're going to have to concern yourself with when you're married that you don't have to worry about when you're not married. That's all. That's all that that means. So again, I want you to understand, there's a difference in distress and stress. And now I'm talking to you that are married. Understand this. Stress is there for the best of husbands. Stress is there for the best of wives. Stress is. But distress is what you can avoid. So I want to make sure you understand this now. There are going to be stresses. There are going to be challenges in a marriage. But you don't have to be distressed. And if you are, it's because somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do. So you've made a vow before God. And I want you to understand, instead of a burden, marriage is to be enjoyed. God richly gives us all things to enjoy. So marriage is not a burden, it's to be enjoyed. But this will not be automatic. It's not automatic. It's going to require you to do your part. Who's my audience? The believer that's married. Uh, let me make, make sure I emphasize this. Who's my audience? I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to your spouse. I'm talking to you. My spouse not even listening. I'm talking to you. you. You know, I can't talk to those who are not listening. Neither can God. But you're listening. Let me, let me keep going. I've got to stay with the notes. So that brings some things to my mind. And I want to make sure you understand this as well. This is all in balance. It takes two to be married. And it is clear that if your spouse is not pleased to dwell with you, you're not called to bondage. You're called to peace. Ooh, I'm, I know in, in, in the Word of Faith movement, you can't say such things. That's a bad confession. No, I'm talking the reality of things. You know, you're responsible for you. That's why I'm telling you, you can do your part. 
You can do everything right and then the other individual might just be inspired by the devil. I don't know. And they say, I can't live with a sanctified person. <laughs> Even though that's crazy. And if they walk away, don't run after them. No, don't, don't run after them. And let me let you know, we started it by saying this way. It's supposed to be for a lifetime and it's going to hurt. But God is able to uphold you. Well able. You're in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Look at this in verse 15. Again, I want to make sure. This is why you need a Bible. Let me, let me emphasize this because this is in my heart. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with this, but it does. Know what you believe. Know what you believe. There's so much out there right now. So many teachings. And we are approaching the end of days. And there will be a strong delusion given... And I believe I see it happening right before my eyes. And it's so important that when you are, even in this church, you keep your Bible before you. You search the Scriptures to see whether or not what you heard comes from the Scriptures. Because there will be a lot of things that will be said, that are being said, that are not from the Scriptures. That sound like the Scripture, but the enemy is subtle. And it's too easy to pick up a Bible. It's too easy to access a Bible. Too easy to add an app for the Bible. And to just read it. So don't take my word for it. Because my word is no good if it's not the word of God. Verse 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Can I I say this again? I'm sorry. I really want to keep with my notes. But some things just jump off the page at me and yell at me. You better say this. You notice this? He says, if the unbeliever depart. Why? Because believers don't. Believers don't depart. Believers don't leave. And so if they depart, oh my goodness, here we go. They may have given you the evidence of a believer until. And let me let you know, if the unbeliever leaves, you'll be alright with the unbeliever in your home. But if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. Oh, my goodness. Oh, why, why, why am I here? See, because I'm talking now to, to maybe some of you who were married, who are no longer married, and people try to put bondage on you saying, you're not right. You can't let them walk out like that. You better go after him. You better go after her. But you didn't depart. They did. Oh, no, you're the one that filed for it. No, 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 no. Did they not keep the covenant? Did they violate the covenant that they said I do too? That's them departing. And I don't care what family member comes to you and say, well, that's wrong. You know, you know the Bible says. No, no. I know what the Bible says. Thank God you're in this ministry because this is the revelation coming to you that don't be under button. They're trying to put pressure. That's the enemy. Trying to keep you in a bad situation. But if they unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. Here's the thing. You can have peace now. You can have peace now. Did Paul not say in verse 28, but I spare you from the trouble that comes with marriage. There's trouble in marriage when two believers are together. But when a believer and an unbeliever who doesn't want to be there, and the unbeliever that leaves, now you can have peace. 
You're not under bondage. Now, now, I will say this. He didn't say go and look for somebody else. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. See, now you have peace, but you want to get in trouble again. That's just not smart. I'm sorry, that's just not smart. So slow your roll, okay? Enjoy the peace. So this is all in balance. Right? So when we talk about marriage and having a godly marriage, understand, you're not, you're not called to run after somebody who doesn't want to be with you. Have peace instead. But they're not leaving. They're with you. Now let's work it. So because of these troubles, you know, air quotes, troubles, because of these considerations that are unique to marriage, there are qualities that will have to be at work. There are qualities that will have to be put into action in order to get the best out of marriage and to have an enjoyable marriage. Here's my message to you. You you can enjoy your marriage. You can. What you going to do about it? <laughs> See, there are qualities that have to be at play. Qualities that have to be at work. And then you can enjoy it. Because remember, the difference in the marriages is the work that's put into it. <sighs> yeah, thank you. Listen, you may have married the wrong person. I'm quote unquote the wrong person. You may have married the wrong person, but you can't view them as the wrong person any longer. Get that out of your thinking. Get that out of your speech. <laughs> because they're yours. And you're theirs. <laughs> Oh, I'm just thinking about this joke that I heard that was just so appropriate. Here's this man with this woman for a wife. So the husband and the wife, and the wife made a decision that she wasn't proud of, and the husband says, why'd you, why'd you make such a stupid decision? He says, how could a, such a beautiful woman make a, such a stupid decision? She said, God made me beautiful so that you would love me. God made me stupid so that I would love you. Own it. <laughs> Own it. Say, I'm yours and you're mine. Own it. They're yours. Not the wrong person. Yours. So it's time to work it out. It's time to work it out. Amen. And, and I put this in my notes, and this is so good. Your marriage license is a license that belongs to grown folks. It's time. You know, we've heard it before. We've heard it minister. It's time to grow up, folks. <laughs> time to grow up. It belongs to those who are mature. So here's, I'm going to end with my objective and my goal. Here's my objective. To point out to the married believer the qualities that make for a good marriage. That's all I want to do. I just want to point out to you, the believer who's married, the qualities that make for a good marriage. 
And here's the goal. The goal is that you enjoy your marriage. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. You know God wants you to enjoy your marriage. Amen. God wants you to enjoy your marriage. And again, I want to emphasize this to you. It doesn't matter if you're married in the Lord or someone who's not in the Lord. You can still enjoy your marriage. And I'm going to end right there. God is a good God. And His institution is a good institution. We just need to be on point. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.